Hello and welcome to Undercommon Taste. This is a podcast where we create and discuss homebrew content for tabletop RPGs. I have found that loneliness, which lives in a crowd and wants to reach out to someone else for its level of thinking. I'm Ian Woodworth. I'm joined by my co-host James Daly. And today we have a special guest for our first episode of 2024. We are joined today by Kat, who is here to talk to us about the Solo But Not Alone 4 bundle over on Itch. Kat, welcome to Undercommon Taste. I am so thrilled to be... Wait, it's the first one? Of the year, yes. Uh, uh, For us, yeah. You said it was the best one so far. Exactly. It's both. Hmm. (laughs) I'm bad at math. Anyway, hello. It's like my only child daughter is my favorite child. Yes. I tell everyone they're my favorite. They don't love it. (laughs) I gotta tell you, they don't love that I do that. (laughs) So again, welcome to the show. So let's go ahead and start off with some brief introductions. Can you introduce yourself to our audience, who you are, what you do, whenever you're not organizing charity bundles? (laughs) I've been known to do the charity bundles. I do this one every year. This is year number four. I am Kat. I am the host king of the award-winning podcast, Sword of Symphonies, where my good, cool friends playtest my game, and the choir master of Roar to Heaven, where different friends played a different game and were punished for it. (laughs) I was awarded the best game master for Sword of Symphonies. I'm the king of it. I am a game designer. I love to write them. I wrote... Transparent anime fan game Blazing Him and cozy-ish, horror-ish fantasy game Heroic Chord. And every year on my birthday, if the authors are nice to me, I launch Solo But Not Alone, a (laughs) bundle of single-player TTRPGs benefiting a mental health charity. Up until this point, it's been Jasper's game day, but Jasper shut its doors so that its founder could pursue bigger things. So this year, it's Take This, and I'm very excited Excellent. to be working with them. Awesome. All right, so what is Solo But Not Alone for those listeners who may not be familiar with this particular game bundle? It's a big old stack of single-player TTRPGs. Not specifically strictly solo games. Any game that is capable of solo play is eligible. It is $10. All of the funds are going to take this through itch. I don't even touch the money. I'm too lazy. <laughs> And this year, we have got 95 contributors. Oh, wow. And we have got, I think, 124 projects? Oh. Question mark. That depends on whether I need to rebuild the bundle without people who don't approve in time. (laughs) Waiting on 17 as we speak. Okay. I have already approved. You have. Just in the full interest of transparency. (laughs) You're off my chopping block. Don't worry. No, I I love the concept of this bundle. We'll get into the why and where it came from. But we found out about this for the first time last year. And we tried to promote it. We caught kind of the tail end of it. But again, just that idea of kind of continuing to build that community. And really, I find with TTRPGs, the hardest part, of any of them is that scheduling. And so when you're really craving for that game, you need that experience. A good solo game is a good way to kind of take that edge off a little bit. Oh, my! you're absolutely. I've actually got the Sad Cat Survival Kit over there. I haven't broken (laughs) it out in a while because it's been a while since I had a severe depressive episode. But I've got a little box full of things that I will find some comfort in, like nice smelling things, some little canned coffee, some treats. And a stack of my favorite solo RPGs. Because I don't need to clear that with anybody. I don't need to see if my friends... I don't even need to tell my friends. I can just pick up Friendly Neighborhood Superhero, my all-time fave, and just play. Excellent. Will that be in this year's bundle? No, but all the bundles, except for two, are completely new titles every time. Okay, great. But Cat Scratcher Studios, the uh, Santana brothers out of Brazil, who I adore, they're perfect, neither of them have ever done anything wrong, have a brand new game in this called Showtime, where you play bards accompanying legendary monster hunters trying to make their stories sound cool. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's it looks gorgeous. And actually, I did a hack of Friendly Neighborhood Superhero about being a knight called To Swear on Your Honor, which is in this year's bundle. Oh, great. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bard game written by someone named Santana. It can't possibly go wrong. Here's the thing. The lads have never done anything wrong in their lives. <laughs> Everything they've done is perfect. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an absolutely shameless fan of those lads and they know it. <laughs> 
So we touched on this a little bit as we were chatting before stream started, but how long has the Solo But Not Alone bundle program, if you will, been going? And what was the original inspiration for creating the bundle? Well, it's year four. So it started in 2020 because that actually turns out to be easy mathematics for me. (laughs) But the first ever Solo But Not Alone happened because of my hell niece. My sister's demon eldest, who <laughs> I adore. She's she's my precious angel. Sometimes I mean that ironically. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> Depends on her mood, really. But um, on her, I believe it was her fourth birthday. She spent the whole day making cards for me. Aww. And she couldn't write yet. But she knew green was my favorite color. So she would just scribble in green on a piece of paper and give it to me. That's awesome. And I was like, this four-year-old is spending her birthday doing something nice for someone else. And damned if I'm going to lose to this little (laughs) demon creature. (laughs) And so I decided that I was going to do a charity project on my own birthday, which is January 9th, our planned launch date every year. Planned. (laughs) Okay. It launched on time the first two years. It didn't last year. And I'm terrified. (laughs) We'll see. But around the same time, a little bit sooner, I bought the big bundle for racial justice and equality. Okay. I think we caught the back end of that one. Oh, yes. No, it we, was- we were with the uh, TTRPG for trans rights in Texas. Yeah, so it was that one. That one. Oh, Correct. that yeah. one was gorgeous, yes. too. Yeah, we had Rudy bundle- Bond to promote that one whenever that went live. Oh, isn't Rue just perfect, by the way? Absolutely, yeah. Just always, I'll stand by it, Rue's perfect. But in the bundle for racial justice and equality, I saw a tweet thread that was just like, hey, think about what this is doing to creators who are like seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads of their work that they'll never get the chance to get paid for because they donated this to charity. So like the least you can do is kind of hype them up a little bit for contributing to this. And I thought that's fantastic. I'm in, but there's no way in hell I can convince my game group to play all these games, especially (laughs) since we just entered quarantine. Right. Oh dear. But I found a spreadsheet of all of the games that marked which ones were single player, and this I could do. (laughs) So I played every single player game in the bundle for racial justice and equality. TTRPGs, I didn't get into the video games. (laughs) And that was when I really fell in love with solo RPGs. Some of them are like brief and poetic and expressive, just like afternoon experiences. Friendly Neighborhood Superhero, I could come back to time and time again. (laughs) It was like a campaign that I didn't have to plan with anyone. And after that, I started writing my own. I wrote Headless Guide, which was the first single player game I ever wrote about treasure hunting in my native Nova Scotia. And so the beginning of 2020, there was so much loneliness and so much stress. And I had found solo games eased my own loneliness in the early days of the pandemic. And plus... It's the holidays. Everybody knows the statistics about holiday suicides. Everybody knows them. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bundle single player games. We're going to raise money for a suicide prevention charity because that was the very specific focus of Jasper's. And we're going to not only provide this bundle of games that will help a person feel less alone in the moment, but the money is also going to go toward funding infrastructure to help find meaningful solutions for that person going forward in the long term. Excellent. Yeah. No, I really like that. 2020 was rough. And again, those feelings of isolation, whether they be, you know, situational or long-term chemical and a way a person's makeup, you know, whether they have depression or any other slew of issues that people fight with. Oh, yes. There is a lot of research going on, which is wonderful. And, you know, reaching out for help, having any little thing you can grab onto to help is sometimes makes a huge difference. Oh, yes. One thing that I've found as somebody who I'm very open about being mentally ill, primarily depression. A lot of that might have stemmed from unmedicated ADHD in my early years. We're not (laughs) sure, but we're still kind of untangling that. But like, I've had some days that I got through one moment at a time. Absolutely. And so things like solo games, that's why they're in the sad cat survival box is because you know what, if you get through one moment at a time, by pretending to be your superhero jetpack Jeff, you know, you're good. Yeah. And then you make it to tomorrow when you see the sun again and you're like, okay, that was bad. I should call a doctor. Yeah. I tend to do the same with the solo, you know, obviously the solo video games and stuff like that. But sometimes mm-hmm. 
I have those things and I load up four or five or six older video games and they're just not quite hitting that thing. And now I've run out of space on my computer and that makes, so yeah, just the bundle of physical games I can go and just kind of print off, download, grab, if I have them all preset, this sounds much more accessible in a way where I can kind of go. I don't have to fill up a bunch of my hard drive space. I can just kind of go experience new thing. Even if I'm not even feeling bad or just kind of down that day. And I just kind of want a new flavor. These bundles are yeah. so huge. There is so much. It's near impossible to miss. Sometimes it's not always about accuracy with your shots. It's just the number of shots on goals and something's oh, yeah. going to hit. And these bundles are uh, so big. There's always going to be like one or two things that click. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, every year I make a spreadsheet of all the games in the bundle, including their descriptions, and this year I've also included tags, content warnings, and required materials. Oh, great. And I get the charity to upload that as a project within the bundle. So you're getting all these games, but you're also getting this guidebook spreadsheet that will help you find the perfect game for you. Like you could filter it by the adventure tag or filter it by the kid-friendly tag if you're looking for something to play with little friends. Awesome. Yeah. Every year it's... It's also the trick that makes it very, very easy for me. By getting the charity to get an itch account and upload a project, I can just tick the slider beside the charity's (laughs) name up to 100% in the bundle right and that's how i don't touch the money so beautiful it helps the buyers it helps the charity it means i don't have to do the money huzzah yeah everybody wins and when you don't have to touch the money you don't have to worry about going to jail because of money which is also a big plus yes oh yes (laughs) oh yes i am better at math than i pretend to be but not confident enough for that we'll say it in legalese one two three not it (laughs) (laughs) exactly the other thing that was very important was the content warnings because even the very first solo but not alone i had people who messaged me who were saying look i wrote a game it's about like chainsawing demons in hell like it's really dark and i'm like first of all this bundle is not just for depressed people it's for everybody to enjoy and the money to go to help people right second as a depressed person we love that shit (laughs) Give it to us dark. Yeah. <laughs> like we love we love it. <laughs> we cannot resist the darkness. Like yes. put a warning on it so people know what they're getting into, but I think you'll find that oh, we're yeah, fine with that. <laughs> Doom was a go-to standard for a long, long time. I'd have a bad day. I'm just gonna go kill pixels, and that was it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Oh yeah. We have opposite instincts because my big instinct is Pokemon. Like I just wanna make friends and go on a <laughs> harmless adventure in a very upsettingly friendly world. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. So talking about money, what is the target fundraising goal for the bundle this year? I set it at 20K. Okay. Question mark. Not sure if that was the right number or not. We'll find out. The first year I was made a fool of because I think it was 29K in the first year. I set the initial goal at 1,000. Silly me. <laughs> and so the second year we beat that. I think we made it to 31 and we were in the middle for the third year. It's been kind of a rough year for a lot of people. Plus, we did a lot of our promotions on Twitter, okay. which I'm not confident in that this year. Fair. No, that, I mean, that is totally reasonable. <laughs> however much money we give the charity, it's money they didn't have before. Right. My goal is 20K. My goal in my heart is always to beat the previous years. <laughs> but, you know, if whatever money we give the charity, they didn't have it before, that's what matters. I can't get caught up in the race. I got to right. be chill about this. No, very, very true. Yeah, we've. Uh, I'm not going to speak for James. I have experienced the headache of losing the one-stop advertising locale that is the platform formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, yep. it's something new is going to come from the fray, but it's all a jumble right now. I mean, there's a couple things that might parse itself out really with this. It looks like Facebook's getting a bit of a, I'm not going to call it a renaissance, but they're a minor resurgence. There's something out there, threads, and I think we've picked up on Blue Sky, correct? Yeah, we're on Blue Sky. Yeah. I'm having a pretty good time on Busky, but it might just be because most of the people that I'm mutuals with on Busky are just like actual friends from the Twitter days. Fair. But I mean, that's, cut, that's where it all started, though. It's true, but it has cut my reach down to people who were already kind of like... <laughs> gotcha. And my ability to reach people who weren't already aware of my nonsense... Right. ...is going to be tested. It's going to be tested yeah. this year. So are there any games in this bundle that you are particularly excited about, other than oh our God. bard game by the Santana Brothers? The Santana Brothers. That one is Showtime, and yes... 
let me just like look all okay i've got three games in here they're very different okay I mentioned to swear on your honor, but I also did Stalk the Rushes, which is an educational game about being a great blue heron. Ooh. And Disciple, which is a sort of a journey game about finding a deity. I do a lot of ritual games. <laughs> I'm just like thumbing, bumbling I'm really excited Ooh, about. that sounds fun. It's about being a bee and learning the dance of your hive. Yes, that's awesome. It's so cute. Uh, Remember the Land is a game that was made for Micarta Jam. Because I wrote a solo game SRD. I love solo games. <laughs> and Remember the Land is about exploring and documenting an area that's about to be destroyed. Okay. There's another card game in here called Dragon Dowser, which is about like finding and protecting dragon eggs, which is very cute. I like it. Hatchling does some really sweet games. Is that the same uh, studio that did Inspirals? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought the name sounded familiar. And the vibe is very similar, too. One that I'm interested in picking up is What Should We Have Tomorrow? Which is just kind of about, like, preparing a week of meals for yourself and your loved ones. Meal prep is a thing, especially with the new year. Kind of get that feel for it. Yeah, like meal planning and prep, meal inspiration. I was mentioning this before we got on. I love games that touch on, like, real life things in an interesting gamey way. Okay, yeah, that definitely helps. I know there's a lot of apps that kind of build like that, especially at the beginning of the year, to kind of gamify your life to help you get, you know, Listen, meet those goals or get those tasks done. I love Pokemon Sleep. <laughs> Pokemon Sleep? I don't I, know that one. It's a sleep tracker, but the Pokemon come and sleep nearby you, and then when you wake up, you can, like, study how they sleep and make friends with them Ooh. and give them cookies. My, my partner really might need that one. <laughs> it's so cute. I'll have to run that by here and be like, hey, you need to check this app out. <laughs> I love Pokemon Sleep. Let's see, Forever Home is really cute. Don't know why I decided to mention that. <laughs> oh, snap, Threads of Intrigue is in here. I knew that, but I had forgotten. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Threads of Intrigue is about, like, you're a spy masquerading as the court tailor. Okay. And you overhear all kinds of juicy gossip Ooh. from the people that you're, like, measuring and fitting clothes to. Oh, nice. It's so cool. So for my Star Trek friends, this kind of reminds me of, of was it Garrick? I can never remember the character's name. I think it's Garrick. Garrick, yeah. Yeah, oh, I loved Garrick. He from, was my absolute From Deep Space favorite. Nine. Yeah, yeah. That, that pervert, yeah. One of my absolute favorite characters. I can never remember his name, but yeah, if I could be a Star Trek character, I would be Garrick. <laughs> nice. Glyph, I'm really excited to as a, somebody who's just an absolute like magic nerd. Okay. Which is a solo game of magical creativity Ooh. is the tagline. My... That one sounds familiar too. I think I've heard of that one. Glyph. Yeah. And I also, just because a Wuda RPG is a staple of these, Ralph submits something every year. There's several in here, including Sorama, which is like a mech game, kind of. Ooh. But it's very internal. It's about kind of the person's internality. Okay. Which, I mean, I wrote Blazing Him. I love a moody freaking <laughs> mech game. <laughs> I, do, I enjoy the old mech warrior games from like Windows 95 way back yeah. when. I'm like, yes! Uh, my right hand, when it comes to podcasting, my beloved Kathleen, history's greatest genius, is also history's greatest fucking mech warrior nerd. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. like, everything I've learned about <laughs> mech warrior, I learned against my will from her. That's awesome. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I love a very, like, internal and moody mech piece, yeah. so I'm definitely going to check that one out. But like I, I said- I could see, like, a, Ian, we might have a project coming up, but we need to do a mech version of Forever Home. We, we have- Oh, Forever Mech! You keep just throwing more future projects onto my plate. I haven't finished half of the projects that I've got. You're the one that picked the muse with ADD. I'm sorry, man. This is what you get. This is what you... No, this is true. Adhido will do that to a person. Yeah, but the problem is the other person on the end also has ADHD. Are they different kinds? Because that's my favorite. Probably. Uh, yeah, they are. My, mine that's is analytical hyperfocus, and his is all the ideas. Yes. Because... My beloved mama, it's profoundly hereditary. My mama, my <laughs> beloved mama is heavy on the AD, like zero object permanence. My mama, I'm heavy on the H. I have to be doing stuff constantly. Luckily, my right hand, Kathleen, is also heavy on the H. We harmonize pretty well. We're both very driven. But trying to accomplish any task while working with mama is frustrating for both of us. And I love her to pieces. My mother's a saint. But, but I can't go shopping with her. I'll murder her. I love her, but that's going to happen. And like I said, there's a spreadsheet in Solo But Not Alone for 
that is going to show you everything that's in the bundle, along with descriptions of the games, their tags, you name it. No, I am absolutely like, I am super excited about this. Now, going through while I'm assuming you have your data sheet or your tables up currently. I have got the bundle draft page. So while you have those bundles, while we are focusing here on the solo RGB part, how many could you play with friends if you actually know the stars align, the, the, the veil opens, and you can get two, three, four players sitting at the table at once? How Whoa. many of these are multiplayer? Don't know. Hmm. Monster AI Goblins and Orcs is okay. meant to be either something that you could play or something that you could use as a GM to spice up your combat encounters. Okay. Or to give your table like a hands-off mode. Okay. It's meant to be kind of instructions for GMless monster encounters. Nice. Mm. That's always handy. <laughs> yes. That Adira Dawn of the New Day. Oh no, maybe. It's the Archipel's Carta game. Again, it was made for the Carta Jam. It's inspired by Majora's Mask. It's Ooh. good. I'm 90% sure Dragon Dowser has a multiplayer mode. There's a couple. I don't have that right in front of me right now. <laughs> Alas. It would take a game creator, someone far more creative than I, but I love Majora's Mask and how they used it as, you know, an analogy for grief and have the different stages as you go through. And doing that in a tabletop game, even a solo RPG would be something very strong if it was done well, I think would be a very interesting way to something to tackle. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I love Fat Adira. It was one of the first games that came out for the Carta Jam and it blew my mind. So finally seeing it in solo, but not alone, thrills me beyond... Like, beyond my ability to express. Because, like, Carta, a lot of people love it. And it's inspired. My favorite thing is when people tell me that their first ever game was a Carta game. It's like, yes. Yes. Perfect. So what is a Carta game? I'm not familiar with the term terribly well. I made an SRD called Carta. And the point is that you lay out... Have you ever played Betrayal at House on the Hill? I don't know, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. So... It's inspired by that where you lay down cards face down in a grid and then you like move your person almost board game like and flip over the cards you land on and resolve. Okay, problems. yes. I think actually um, a mutual friend of ours, um, the good doctor, actually brought that game to uh, one of the Halloween parties or one of the game days Whoa. we had a few years back. So, yeah. Um, okay. Or if you've ever played Zombies, Zombies is also yes. like this. Okay, yeah. Yeah, where the map tiles are randomized and okay, you. Okay, excellent. Yes. But it's kind of like a, a storyified version of that oh, okay. kind of game. Sure. And so basically the SRD is just like, here's how you do it. Here's the base probabilities involved in using a deck of cards. Here are some different ways you can mechanize this depending on how you want your game to feel. So I wanted to make it very easy for people to write this kind of solo game. And as a result, like I said, lots of people have told me that it was their first ever attempt at writing a game. Nice. And that's the best thing you can tell me. <laughs> And to see those people then submitting those games to Solo But Not Alone, so good, so good, so wonderful, so beautiful. Awesome. Let's see. Oh, I Went Through the Stargate Once by Ooh. Beth and Angel Make Games is marked as being for one plus players. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I could definitely go through a couple Stargate games. That sounds fun. Mm. So do you feel that solo RPGs provide a way for people to interact with the TTRPG community as a whole? in a different way than more traditional multiplayer TTRPGs do? Mm, kind of. Kind of. Probably, I know. Non-answer. I'll go into it. <laughs> One of them is that solo RPGs are, by and large, unless you're writing a hack of friendly neighborhood superhero, I love my boys, but that took me forever. By and large, solo RPGs are pretty quick and easy to write, which means it's easier to do things like participate in jams. It's easier to do things like hack a favorite work really quickly or do a, a take on a TTRPG that you really admire. It's also where you see a lot of fan games because the solo game scene is kind of the lunatic fringe of the indie <laughs> TTRPG movement. Right. Where like anything goes. And because of that pace and that anything goes feeling, I feel like there is really a sense of a unique sense of community in the solo game scene. Where it's like, that. yeah, like. It's not so much about playing games with your friends, which is a different kind of indie TTRPG scene. It's about making games with your friends. Yeah. And that's different and beautiful in its own way. And just like chilling as a collection of creatives and seeing your friends make games based on your work and cheering them on. Like, that's beautiful. 
that yeah. actually would be a really fun session to do. Like if you had a bunch of friends, just do a creative jam session. They're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Everyone come in and sit for an afternoon and just kind of brainstorm, make some ideas, put some stuff together. And then the next time you meet together, play test your games. I used to love doing writing jams when I did National Novel Writing Month religiously in my teen and college years. (laughs) I used to love that feeling of just like being in a room full of people, none of whom are going to bother me, putting headphones on, blasting music, and knowing that everyone else is working just like you are. We're actually also doing a pilot jam at my podcast network, the Rainbow Roll Network, where we're trying to get people to make pilots to get their feet wet in uh, TTRPG actual plays. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you are a queer of some kind, we're not going to ask questions. Actual play or actual play hopeful. The Rainbow Roll Network, home of the Rainbow Roll Festival, is putting an event on right now. I will have to add that to my list of things to check out, definitely. Because I'm the the king of the events committee. (laughs) (laughs) I found it at the last network meeting. I was like, have I been the head of events the whole time? And everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> the hell? How'd this happen? Wait, I'm oh, not yeah, the leader. Cause... Who's the leader? You are. Wait, no. Because <laughs> I'm hyperactive. I need I an adultier adult. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm hyperactive and I keep excitingly declaring new events. Like, you can't make me the leader based on that. It's not how it goes. <laughs> I think there's a they thing can. called helium hand where your hand just kind of keeps floating up. And you're like, eh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm so that guy. I am absolutely that guy. <laughs> See, that's that's why you're in charge. You were the last person to put your hand down. Down. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm too slow. They get me every time. You were just focused on something else, and they just kind of snuck it under the radar. <sighs> but it's yeah, the, the jam environment of just getting a group of people together to create something. Yes, is very different from telling a story with your friends in like Dungeon Dragon or other games. But it's still a community vibe. It's still a coming together vibe. So I love it. Yeah. And my personal preferred flavor of solo game are journaling games. And so and so you end up having a little bit of a community there as well, because then you get multiple people who have played the same game comparing their stories. Yes. Oh, my my God. Listen, if you play one of my solo games and do a blog post about your story, I will read it cover to cover. I will (laughs) eat that. I love that shit. It's my favorite. I kind of want to do that and like put all those together and make them like the journals of various adventures as they're trying to go through this quest. Certain games like Doom has that too, where you'd always pick up like pieces of other people's stories and you get that. And so if you just take the journals and kind of mesh them together or sprinkle them throughout, you know, your version of the game, that would be so much fun. Like video game journals where you just find a scrap of someone else's. Oh, that's cute though. Oh, that's extremely cute. (laughs) It's, I love journaling games. But I'm very cognizant of the fact that they're not the only kind of solo game that exists. Like, there's a thriving solo scene within the OSR with, like, hex crawls and dungeon crawls, for one. And I get a handful, more than a handful. I get a bunch of them every year, and I love it. Because it means that I can say, look, if you want to just chop a skeleton, you're in the right place. If you want to muse about your relationship with your loved ones through an elaborate fruit metaphor, we have you too. Excellent. Like, we have it all. I love it. That is, that is awesome. I think one of the better solo hex crawl games is uh, Darkest Dungeon. And again, any kind of thing like that would not be a huge challenge to make. But again, I could see myself getting lost in a solo player hex crawl, like, look up and like, hey, look, and it's done. <laughs> that was, it's never been in solo, but not alone. But it was in the bundle for racial justice and equality, mapping the catacombs. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was a great. fully just like gritty map building you are fucked kind of experience oh it yeah was I'm, I'm sold i am sold <laughs> oh it's so good it's like mapping the catacombs is so good i need to okay yeah i need to put that on my list of stuff and like okay worry, I I I got it. i've got a running list excellent I'll, I'll that's, yeah if, if that's your shit that's it's very much it's peak shit i love it yeah so i gather from the fact that i had to approve adding my game to the bundle earlier today that the window for contributing to this bundle has closed for this year. It has. But for next year, how do creators get their games into the bundle? Okay. I usually open up submissions in November. Okay. To give everyone plenty of time. I like to give at least a month, a month and a half of lead time 
so that people who are really diligent can actually write a game if they want. <laughs> to be honest, that's why I do it. Is if somebody looks at it as like, oh, dang, do I have time to write something new for this? Like, do it. Absolutely do it. Do Absolutely. it. I love that shit. So I will usually open up submissions. I send it by Twitter. This year, I also sent it on the Busky. And sometimes I'll send it on like the itch mailing list for Carta because a lot of people have made solo games with Carta. And from there, they fill out a form. It's super important that it be a game on itch. Every year I get people who will be like, my game's not on itch. And I'm like, can't help you. I need an itch link. This bundle is hosted on itch. But aside from that, you fill out the form. You tell me everything that I need to make the guidebook. And you give me a link. We're golden. How hard is it to set up an account on itch? Does it take a while? Do you need a oh, bunch of resources or do you just click a couple buttons? Oh, you just click a couple buttons. It's nice. a piece of cake. You can go fully whole hog on making the store and the game look great. You do not have to. Excellent. I got the charity to sign up for an itch and they had me a bundle link within an hour. Like, oh, nice. It was easy. I can set up an itch account, so. <laughs> oh, you can and you did. Yay. And you approved the bundle on time, which means, again, I will not hunt you for sport. Oh, <laughs> well, there goes my weekend. Oh, wait. Don't you <laughs> me with a good I time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm open to other people doing it. It's just not on, I, Listen, I've got other people to hunt for sport this weekend. We'll oh, talk okay, in okay. the future. We'll talk future. But <laughs> if I'm going to get this bundle live by Tuesday, I... There's a bit to, to go through as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think the really big question that kind of overlays everything is we are doing solo, but not alone. This is for suicide awareness. Mm-hmm. So people that are having a bad day, they're, they're going through a bad stretch and they need help of some sort. They need to reach out somewhere to someone. Do you have any resources that people could reach out to? The thing about resources is that a lot of them are regional. Okay. Most of the resources that I know are for Canadians. Okay. Because I'm a Canadian. So one of the easiest things to do if you're having that moment is to Google just like suicide hotline and your like state or yeah. your like region. And you can find resources. You can find. So yeah, no, if you go to our charity partners website, takethis.org, they actually have like a resources page. Oh, perfect. Including like blog posts and mental health resources. Oh, excellent. Perfect. Great. Yeah. I mean, never be afraid to reach out, even if it's a friend like, hey, I'm having a rough day. Never feel bad about that. You are not a drain. People would rather help you on your bad day than miss you for years afterwards. Oh, that's for again. I get, and you know, we, I've been there. I can't say we've all been there, but I've definitely been there at times. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get through every moment to challenge. So if you can find something to sink your mind into, be it a solo RPG or a good book or a hot bath and music, sometimes you just got to lay down and go to bed early. Cause that's your option for the day. But there yeah. are a lot of resources and a lot of things. And like I said, there's a suicide hotline. There are chat groups. Take This uh, appears to have a good list, which is great. Or again, reach out to a friend and just say, hey, I know when I used to live in California, my friends would have a bad day. We called them chicken and beer nights where we went and we'd go to like Hooters or Fridays and we just got together. I was having a bad day. You'd call an emergency day. People would get there and they would meet. And it wasn't a huge thing, but you were just amongst friends at that point. Yeah. And my biggest advice for people who are having it, because God knows I've had it, is get through the night. Yes. Whatever it takes you to get through the night, you get through the night. Yes. And then tomorrow, tomorrow you can worry about, you know, finding help. Because when you're in the moment, it can be hard to reach out to people. I get that. I've thrown my phone literally over my (laughs) shoulder because I couldn't bear the concept of texting my friends, which is what a depressed person does, frankly. (laughs) Another good one for me, depending on the day and what's available, but go visit the animal shelter. Go pet some puppies and some kittens. Oh, yeah. Pet the puppies. Um, yeah, go share some love, you know, and and it helps. I think part of the reason I'm a big proponent of solo games is because it's one of those things, and there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. that you don't need anyone's permission to do. Like, find something that will make you happy that you don't need anyone's permission or availability or anything to do. Right. No, I'm I'm right there with you on that. Get yourself through the day. If you hit the red zone, you look up a hotline. Yes. But if you're in that orange zone... <laughs> Pump the brakes, get through the night, and work on fixing it another time. Just, Absolutely. That's 
I'm right there with you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's some nights. I think we've both had some nights we yeah. had to get through. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes making do is just enough. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason that, like, there's a stack of solo games in the Sad Cat Survival Kit. And it's because, like, it'll get me through a night. Yeah. And that's the other thing. <laughs> if you have a long history of depression like I do, you should build a survival kit. That's actually a good wisdom. That is a very good wisdom. Here's what's in mine. A notebook, pen, cards, dice, stack of solo games, basically anything I could need to play those games. Chips, like some kind of food, just in case your depression is being exacerbated by hunger. Sweet drinks, similar thing, in case your depression is being exacerbated by like blood sugar. And I also have a card with money in it that says, Dear Sad Cat of the Future, you are permitted to order pizza, love, past cat. <laughs> that is a wonderful card to have. <laughs> yeah. It's not just about, like, it's also yeah. about kind of giving yourself permission, but just like, I've also got like aromatherapy stuff in there. I've got little candles and lighters because candles make me feel soothed. It's like, do what you can to address both biological and mental causes, stuff it all in a box. And when you're having a rough time, haul that box out and get through the night. That is a wonderful idea that I have not heard of before tonight, but that is an amazing idea. Mine's covered in stickers from my favorite podcasts. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like it's, it's very cute. That reminds me, we need to get stickers. We do. Yes! We need to work on that this year. I love stickies. Sticker <laughs> app is my favorite. They're like sticker mule, but without the fashies. <laughs> All right. I think that brings to the end of our prepared questions. James, you got anything oh. else you want to add? Nothing that was prepared. No, I, th I mean, I'm really excited about this bundle. I'm definitely jumping on it. I really, like I said, the suicide prevention resource is actually something that I am a huge proponent of. Again, I've had bad nights on my own. So I love your idea of your prepared case, you know, breaking case of emergency type thing. That, that is <laughs> yeah, a glorious exactly idea. Um, so that's something I'm probably going to add to my kit later on. I think there's some good things, some good resources, so I'm kind of excited. I'm really glad we can get behind this, and we got behind it earlier this year instead of the tail end yeah. of last year. I'm thrilled. I was thrilled when you guys reached out. I love talking about mental health. <laughs> I love talking about solo RPGs. Solo But Not Alone gives me the unique chance to do both at the same time. Hooray! Huzzah! Hooray! I love it! All right. Oh, yeah, there's also little tiny bottles of Baileys. Ooh. That's an at-your-discretion. Fair. Fair. I know that I'm allowed to drink sad. I'm not allowed to drink angry. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, I sad cat is allowed to have coffee and Baileys and it will put me straight to sleep. It's basically NyQuil. Okay. But like, again, at your, use your discretion. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I think we have reached the point of the show where we go into the monster mashup. Monster. So this is a part of the show where we collaborate with our guests. We have them roll some dice on our random tables, and we collaboratively build a monster on the fly. So, Kat? Yes! If you are I'm... ready, and you have your yeah. dice... I have so many dice. So many dice. Let's get started with a D4 for locomotion. Come on, Mathrox. I... Okay, the D4 is at the bottom of the box. Give me a second. <laughs> I, it's always listen, at the I, I wrote a game it's about... A, it's a shape that is geometrically designed to settle to the bottom of the bag. And to be stepped up. You're absolutely right. It's a crime. Listen, I, Heroic Chord has a lot of, like, eldritch nonsense in it. Just evil spirits. Blazing Him is about kind of unknowable angels coming Ooh. to slaughter humanity. Ooh. I have a long history of really upsetting spaghetti monster design okay. that I'm happy to bring here. I rolled a two. Doses. A two. It runs. We've had, a, we've had a good stretcher running the critters. Oh, I love that it runs. All right. So next up is a D6. What does it eat? Everything. It's bipedal, but it runs on four. Okay. I don't know if that's a... I rolled a four. Four fruits slash vegetables. Okay. So we've got a nice little herbivore here that runs. <gasps> Benicula. Bene oh, I loved those books. I loved Benicula. Okay. I mean, that that is it's definitely a, a possibility. It runs fast and it eats fruits and vegetables. Did you get it's to read that in school again or no? I didn't read them in school, but my sisters had the books, so I did read the books. Okay. I love Benicula. I, I was going to say, Nora's going to be at about Benicula age, probably another three or four years. Yeah, she's getting pretty close. All right, next up is another D6 roll for size. Well, a bunny is about bunny size. <laughs> Two. Two? It's small. Oh, again, yeah, it, we, we are we are workwards of Benicula. 
So this is this is small. Ability. This is D and D size category small. So yeah. two to two to four feet. Oh, so like um halfling size, like one of those big old Flemish giant rabbits. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't continue to pursue Benicula after having hyped up my love of scary monsters. Okay, I'll be good. That's all right. Flemish giant rabbit. I mean, it could be the rabbit from uh, Monty Python as well. Oh, but that's, no, that's a tiny creature. That is tiny, yeah. yeah. That is tiny, and Fair. it is also not eating fruits and vegetables. Fair. Oh, it eats a man's throat for real. Like, for real, real, not for play-play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up is a D8 roll for social organization. My favorite dice. I play a lot of bards, so I just... I play clerics, so yeah. Five. Five. Pack. Three to ten individuals. <gasps> okay. <gasps> it runs in packs. I love that. It runs so, in packs, it eats vegetables, and it's halfling size. I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe a flock of maybe, like, birds. Like, not quite emu-sized, oh. but some larger. You said you wanted something kind of bipedal? Oh, yeah, but I wanted it to run on all fours anyway, like a okay. scary man. But I do like burbs, to be honest with you. Yeah, so this would be about turkey size. Okay. Oh, yeah, something turkey, but like with killer instinct. Yes. So, so it's have geese. Any kind of brand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gooses. chickens. Gooses. We all know that that's the reason why Canadians are so polite is because they perform the ritual every year to transfer all of their hostility into the geese. Into the geese. <laughs> the geese hold our hatred and carry it to the world. And the moose. We also love moose. My favorite moose trivia. Okay, no, cat. The ADHD person cannot start talking about moose trivia. <laughs> oh. I can't. Okay, well, in an effort to avoid moose trivia, let's get a D10 roll for native environment. Is it the islands off Vancouver? Where Possibly. it gets eaten by orca whales? Because that's true of mooses! <laughs> Six. Six. Grasslands. Okay. Oh, so now I am envisioning something rather like a Chiboko, but little. Okay, I can see that. I know they're called Chocobos. I just have a problem. No, no, I'm, I'm great with that. Listen, because, like, I have this fascination with, first of all, I love stompy birds. Yes. And I especially love the prehistoric elephant bird, because it's pretty much just a Chocobo. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the elephant bird. I'll have to look this one up. It's just like a giant ass ostrich, like a massive ostrich with okay. big, strong, killer like legs. I could I fully can. just like cave you in like an eggshell. Like nice. powerful, powerful bird. It's so cool. But maybe littler, maybe child size. All oh right. So continuing on, next is a D12 roll for method of defense. Kickies, 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 kickies. Four. Four. It has a stinger. Ooh. <gasps> what if the stinger is attached to the foot? Oh, like a platypus has. Yeah, kind of like spurs on a chicken. Yes, like the platypus spur. Oh, that's horrible. I like this. And again, oh, the grassland doesn't have to be like a warm grassland. It could be almost like a tundra almost, or like a northern grassland too. Oh, if it's a tundra, then it's like a fluffier bird. And you're okay. like, oh, like this is cute. This is like yeah. a grouse looking motherfucker. It's all fluffy. And then and a then- chickens. It will absolutely just like yes. velociraptor kick you with stingers <laughs> on its leggies. Okay. And it's like, oh no, under all that fluff is like brutal muscle. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's extremely under the fluffy, cute exterior is a muscle bound murder machine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have and much se- like these, it's not, it just kills because it wants to. Yeah. Have you seen the drawings of the T Rex where they've tried to flesh it out so it just looks like a big fluffy <gasps> sparrow? Yes. Yes, it's that. But it runs. Yes! <laughs> or those chickens, the, the silky chickens that have the, that kind of look like hair instead yes. of feathers. Oh, the beautiful, they're so pretty. They are pretty. I'm also, I'm a pigeon enjoyer. Okay. I'm not, like, I live in the big city. I'm not the kind of person who has disgust for them. I can't get over how soft and round they are. Fair. Even if they're dirty garbage creatures, I don't care. <laughs> they're so cute. They're just pleasant. All right, so this is where we might end up throwing a monkey wrench into everything. Next up is another d12 roll for creature type. Oh, right. We can't decide before we roll that, huh? Ten. Ten. It's an ooze. <gasps> Slime Bert! No, wait. Actually, okay. maybe, the, I mean, the ooze could take a shape. So, I mean, because it is amorphous, so. <sighs> yeah, I can see it being... Almost like it looks like it has feathers. It looks like it's fluffy, but it's actually a bunch of like cilia. 
Okay, I can see that. The other oh, thing. Oh, and it's like milky white color, like an opaque white color that makes it like blend in with the tundra, but also like it's an ooze. I like, like that. The other thing is we could borrow from Dresden and we can make this fey. And maybe it's something like ectoplasm where it takes a form. So it could be like an extra planar thing. And when it's on our planet, it uses that ooze to hold a form. This is an ooze that runs. I need to remind you that it runs. And I yes. love that. This is an oh, it just flatters behind itself. It makes that oh, it makes that wet slapping sound. <laughs> and it has stingies. In which case, I kind of like the idea that it's got a feathery appearance and it's soft and blobby, like a sea slug almost. It's opaque white, and it has limbs inside itself that it can like okay retract or so it has long legs, but they're not always visible. Sometimes they're slurped up into it. <laughs> okay. And maybe it does have like a scorpion stinger that slurped into it. So you're like, oh, look, a little puffball. And it's like, Pew. I could see that again, too. The stinger could be like cilia, kind of like a jellyfish. Yes. And oh, I love what if it looks kind of like a large kiwi? Kind of has that wobbly look to it. Oh, my goodness. And it can kind of run Round. and make the, the slappy sounds. Round and cute and makes the slappy sounds. <laughs> and like people just call it a bird because it looks feathery. Yeah. No, I like it. But it doesn't have a face. It's not a bird. It's not a bird. It's not a bird. All right. <laughs> so next up is a D20 roll for quirks. Dun, dun, dun. It's already pretty quirky. <laughs> yeah. 16. 16. I don't have that many fingers. It is parasitic slash invasive. <laughs> Ooh, maybe this is like a pollution ooze. Organic it could be coming in from another realm and it's I slowly change. like leaking out and in. I, what if it's like possessing an, what if it's two creatures Okay. and one of them is a bird? It's the like, ooze that parasitizes the bird. Yes. Like the symbiote, like the venom symbiote. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's like a white cilia covered like okay. ooze that has taken over a grassland type running bird, like a tall road runner. Yeah. And that cilia would look like the feathers because they could sit there and, and those could be that reach where they can reach out a small for the sting. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's kind of anemone-ish, and it has stings in those cilia. Yeah. Okay, I like this thing. And it does have powerful, kicky legs. Yes. And okay. it does eat fruits. Mm -hmm. All right, I like that. <laughs> I so love this bird. Now we make it weird. <laughs> so can I get a D100 roll, please? 96. 96. It's been a while Ooh, since we've been that far down on the list. Okay. Oh, boy. Has an eidetic memory and can perfectly mimic any voice it has heard in the last 24 hours. Oh, I oh, love that's this. Bird shit. That's yeah, that, bird shit. That is some bird over. shit. I agree. That's birds all over. Ooh, oh, and these are parasitic. So these are like trying to infest, invade frontier towns. And maybe that parasite's kind of like, I don't want to go full bird flu with this thing, but maybe it's trying to find other hosts other than birds. And so it is trying to find a social creature that it can infest as well but like maybe it's mistaken about that maybe the bird is its perfect partner and it's yeah. just very ambitious yeah i'm almost thinking that the bird is the one that has the eidetic memory and the mimicry ability and the ooze is just along for the ride yeah i get i could totally get that yeah i love that it's like they're just like mimics like yeah like nightingales or parrots or something like that yeah parrots, yeah yeah and no, i love like, these things yeah, but they do have, like, a parasite that makes them extremely, like, deep sea, almost. They're on the line. What if they have the temperament of seagulls? Oh, I, I love, love it. it. I love it. Perfect. I needed to... Okay, listen. I rant so often about seagulls on Sword of Symphonies, because... <laughs> I love seagulls. They're evil. <laughs> I, yeah, they're a bird of singular ambition. Yes, I want your stuff. <laughs> they're... I grew up in a tourist trap. Okay. And tourist trapped seagulls are a rare breed. They will steal yes. food directly from your hands. Yes. They do not care. Yeah, I think that, like, they have the temperament of seagulls in that also, like, seagulls are extremely head empty. Yeah. They're dumb as sh They're just stupid and... They are single focused, yeah. They... Yeah, ex like, you're out in the wilderness and you're camping and these little guys are like, Meow! and you're <laughs> like, oh, look at this little guy. And they're like, Meow! and then they, like, try to take your french fries, all of them, and yes. they sting you. <laughs> And it really fucking hurts for like a week. I want to see a flock of these hit like a trade caravan or like an open air farmer's market because all the fruit and stuff there. So they're like, you ain't. Oh, they love fruit. No, they, they show up for the harvest festival. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 
oh, that is the perfect scenario. Yeah, beautiful. I love yeah. it. They just overrun the fried pie stall. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You hear the guy going, apples, get your apples. And then from behind him, you hear apples, get your apples. And you're like, ah. <laughs> and, it, and it's just a chorus of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian is creating my spirit like Ten of them. <laughs> yeah, because right? they travel in packs. Yes. Uh, they travel in packs and trick people into giving them fruit. They're extremely <laughs> annoying, largely harmless. I imagine that they're like jellies and that their stings hurt like the dickens and can be fatal if you've got a fucked up ticker, but aren't like a guaranteed killer. Okay. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Where it's like, if you're a healthy adult, this thing's sting is gonna, like, leave a mark and have you, like, not using a limb for a week, okay. but you're gonna be okay. I can see that, yeah. But they are they just want to trick you out of your fruit. Yeah, no, I totally, I love yeah. these things. These things are great. They're so good. All right, James, do you want to roll the second one, or do you want me to roll the second one? Um, I can roll it, but I've got an online dice roller today. My dice are actually in my bag currently, but I am looking at a 70, a 79. 79. Okay. This can work. Eggs slash excrement look like gold coins of the local denomination. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so bad. So they raid the Harvest Festival and they just leave this muck behind that everybody wants to pick up because they think people have dropped a coin. And so it looks like it, but then it's like it just squishes. <laughs> my counterpoint, my counterpoint okay. is that you said something earlier about these actually being like fey creatures. Okay. Maybe the eggs, not of the bird, but of the parasite look like coins. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. As kind of like a fey bargain thing. Okay. And then if they have any kind of like chickens or anything like at home, they're going to try to infest into those or whatever local pets or birds are, are nearby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no, so I like, like that. I'm just getting this mental image of these things just pouring over this fruit seller's <laughs> stall at a farmer's market. Child <laughs> And whenever they finally finish consuming the entire stall and waddle <laughs> off, got all of these little things that gold look like coins. gold coins just laying all over the stall. So maybe like the village people tell stories that are meant to be fables about not being greedy about like somebody who hoards money, but in that money is one of these things, eggs, and then it eats all their stored vegetables and leaves them hungry for the winter or something like that. Like I could totally see that. I would want to make the caveat that maybe these coins look close enough in shape and weight and feel that maybe you need like a DC seven or a DC 10 to recognize them as, as counterfeit. Yeah. So you have a chance of actually passing them off as real. Oh, counterfeit bird. So the world building thing that I immediately see is the party rolls up into this little farming town and no one in town will accept gold currency. Oh, I love you it. You have yes. to pay in silver. So, yes. You have to. I love it. Yeah. Because there's no way to be able to tell at a glance if yes. this is really gold coins or not. That yeah. is a campaign I've wanted, like an arc I've wanted to do for a long time is I've wanted to run. And the campaign with the cat team that you guys were looking for that one time is where this was headed. But I wanted the economy to be flipped. And so like silver had been pushed out of the local government for various reasons. And so gold had devalued below silver. So people preferred silver over gold. And the trope was that the leaders of the towns were lycanthropes. And so they were flushing out all silver and magical weapons and items out of the town to basically make themselves immortal there. But yeah, doing this would do it too, where nobody wants to accept gold. And so maybe even yeah. then your silver exchange rate gets a little skewed because gold's worthless. So, I mean, you could have a bunch of copper or some silver, but no one's touching gold. Maybe there's like an annual festival where any gold that they've acquired, they like leave in the wastes or like throw out into the wastes. And it's become kind of a symbolic gesture because they don't have gold anymore. Oh, so it's they just have a giant like wishing well. So they have like candy coins or like yeah. fake currency. And like nowadays they tell the fables about the creature hatching from golden coins and they don't touch gold and even like they ritually throw it away. Oh, I love this. And Yeah, no, I like this. And so the wishing well could also be a refuse pit and they've just dressed it up to look like a wishing well. And because, again, the coins are fae, so maybe at some point you could tie some fae gift or lore into that as well. Yeah. Or, you know... If we wanted to go off of some other ooze creatures, the ooze could be feeding off of some sort of minerals. And mm. so literally their droppings are pyrite. Oh, fool's gold. Oh, yes. Well done. Very well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Very well done. Because that's 
feeding off minerals is something you see a lot in tundra creatures because like necessary nutrients can be scarce so you see a lot of like reindeer licking salt and stuff like that and that could be part uh of this symbiotic symbiosis between the ooze and the bird is that the bird allows the ooze to move around to the different deposits in a way that it wouldn't be able to move on its own yeah yeah because the bird's way faster because it does run yeah yes (laughs) No, I love this thing. This is awesome. And, and then I, the use, yeah, protects the bird from predators with stingers. So it's kind of more a symbiosis than a parasite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. The, the birds are the ones that are annoying. The ooze is actually extremely <laughs> 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 It's yeah. just the birds. <laughs> okay. So let's recap real quick. Our monster runs. It feeds on fruits and vegetables. It is small in size. It runs around in packs of three to ten. Native environment is grasslands. It has a stinger for defense. It is an ooze creature type. It is parasitic slash invasive as its quirk. And its weirdnesses are it has eidetic memory and can mimic any voice it hears in the last 24 hours. And its droppings look like gold coins in the local denomination. Nice. So the hard question now is what do we call it? I have a name pitch. Okay. Okay. Counterflit. I like it. Yes. Well done. Well done. Yay! It's a it counterfeits voices, it counterfeits coins, and it's a burb. It's a yeah. counterflit. Yeah, I, I like, like that. Yeah. S- sometimes we get it right off the bat and sometimes yeah. it takes us a while. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Yeah, these are great. I love it. I yes. love everything about They're it. They're awful little creatures, and I love them. And if they were real, I would feed them, even if the sign said not to. Probably, yes. I'm going to die by petting something I shouldn't. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going out into the wilderness with a bag of grapes. And bacon, because I kind of want to pet a bear. There's a really aggressive flock of seagulls near one of the grocery stores I go to. And recently, the green space where the seagulls live has so many signs added not to feed them. And I'm like, <laughs> joke's on you. So this is one of my favorite high school stories. I grew up in Central California, and so the seagulls would fly in from the coast, and there was some lakes in between. It was our homecoming weekend, and our rival school came, and they actually spray-painted a bunch of stuff along our roads and sidewalks. They got into a fair bit of trouble because that crossed the line into actual vandalism. Yeah. Our cheerleaders, however, had a brilliant idea, and our rival school was kind of the rich preppy school of the area. So they went, and they took a bunch of bread and birdseed and syrup and coated their parking lot during the following morning. So the seagulls came and swarmed their schools and do what seagulls do on brand new shiny cars. And it was beautiful. I was so oh, proud of our cheerleaders. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Those are little demons. And if you know the right invocation, yes, they'll fight your rivals. <laughs> Draw a summoning circle in ketchup. Exactly. A couple french fries in your side. Just remember that Summoning, controlling, summoning, control, summoning, binding, controlling, and dismissal are four different (laughs) stages. You will summon them, but you will not be able to control them. (laughs) Oh, you certainly cannot bind them. Absolutely not. And that dismissal is going to be a challenge as well. Because once they think they have a food source, they're hanging around for a while. Absolutely. You can invoke the holy tetragrammaton. (laughs) You can call down the powers of any of the spheres. They will not listen. They will not obey you. Present to them the talisman of Solomon. They won't give a single shit. (laughs) Actually, they'll give all the shits, just not the ones you want. (laughs) No, yeah, they will give them to you free of charge. You are welcome. (laughs) All right. God. The number of times that sort of symphonies gets derailed because I want to like yell about <laughs> seabirds is significant. Uh, okay, so that was a ton of fun. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. I love my little. I keep looking at my little doodle of the counterflit, and I love it very much. This is my new best friend. So another thing that we like to ask of our guests, well, we like to ask them to give a shout out for someone else in the TTRPG community. It can be a game designer, it can be a podcaster, it can be someone who does music, someone who draws maps, anyone who is tangentially related to TTRPGs in any sort of way. Who would you like to give a shout out to today? I've done so many. I've done so many of them. I'm going to return to my lads, the lads at Cat Scratcher Studio. They are, first of all, the TTRPG scene is so much bigger than North America. And so, like, you should see what they're doing in Latin America because it kicks ass. Nice. Yeah, they got some great stuff coming out of it. Oh, they, let's not talk about where the Philippines are in terms (laughs) of story games and journaling games. 
because RPGC is also no joke. Like, nice. this is a huge world full of different ways to game. And I love what the boys at Cat Scratcher Studios do. Their games are super passionate. Their games are super, they've got so much feeling in them. Like, you can play Divinity Fall, which is about, like, hunting down and killing an oppressive god. And, like, there's this feeling of righteous fury that you feel so deeply while playing that game. Last year, their submission to Solo But Not Alone was Wonderfall, which was about, like, it was a, a hex crawl game about exploring a shattered world. And it's very cozy and it makes you feel so happy and warm. And I'm so excited to play Showtime this year. Like, <laughs> I love those guys. Check them out. All right. And then finally, we're going to open the floor and let you promote you. So yes, where yes. can we find what? you online? What? Where can we go to throw money at you? What? I get the impression that we don't have a link for the bundle yet, but we should no. have it by the time this airs as our regular episode on Wednesday the 10th. Oh, God, so hoping. Fingers oh, crossed hoping. we will have a link to the <laughs> bundle in our show notes. So yeah, the approval link is also the bundle link. Okay. So if that's the one we go live, you have the link. Excellent. Okay. That's the one we go live with. If not, you will get an angry email from, well, not angry at you. You'll get an email from me saying, I had to do this again, <laughs> and I won't be thrilled. But you can find me, Kat, at peachgardengames.com. That's where you can find my many podcasts. That's where you can find many of my games. You can also find them at peachgardengames.itch.io. I recently put out an expansion for Blazing Him in which the players can turn their song-powered anti-angel mechs into turrets. Nice. I I love anime. <laughs> and that's a problem I have as a person <laughs> that I'm willing to face. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at CatlingGun, that's C-A-T-L-I-N-G, gun. Pew, 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 pew. Oh. I hit my mic stand and um, I've never hit my mic stand while doing that bit before. Um, and on Busky on Blue Sky at Catling Gun. So if you want to throw money at me, those are the bestest ways to do that. I have a throne. You can buy me presents. I don't know. I don't care. It's my birthday. I'm just a little guy. I'm just a little guy. And it's my birthday. Please, please, everyone approve the bundle. All right. Well, Kat, thank you so very much for coming on and talking with us today. We've had an amazing time. Yeah, this has been an absolute blast. Having me. I've had a delight. This is the best interview I've been on this year. <laughs> See? You got it too. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Thank you, Rob. Rob from World Bill with us is in chat in, uh, in Twitch. Excellent. So thank you for joining us, Rob. Yes, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas, you can reach us via email, undercommontaste at gmail.com. It's been a hot minute since I've had to do this outro. <laughs> can you tell? We if are... you do counterfeit fan art, send it to me, please. <laughs> we are also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Blue Sky, Mastodon, at undercommontaste. You can find us on itch, undercommentaste.itch.io. That's where the solo game that is in this bundle, yeah. home, um, as well as our liminal horror adventure Beneath the Lake, which since I got the Old Gods of Appalachia role-playing game book Ooh, right before yes. Christmas, I'm probably Ooh. going to be adapting that to run in Cypher System so you can play that adventure in the Old Gods oh. of Appalachia role-playing game. Excellent. Ooh, because it's already me. thematic. Yes. And also, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash taste. That's where our write-ups go whenever I finally find the spoons to write up the write-ups. <laughs> our website is hopefully going to be finished soon. So keep your fingers crossed that sometime... In the next few months, we will have undercommentaste.com that you can go and find all of this stuff. And I won't have to go through this whole litany of everything anymore. <laughs> and finally, we have a Discord. You can find a link to the Discord in the show notes. We'd love for you to come over and chat with us. Excellent. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We're so glad you found us. You can find our other podcasts wherever you find your podcasts. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Again, just kind of everywhere. Also coming up starting next week, I'm going to be trying to do some adventures on Twitch. So I plan to be playing the Baldur's Gate series one through three. And we are going to do some playthroughs. While I do, I do want to try to discuss, you know, how the games have changed over time because Baldur's Gate starts very 
well-founded into D&D 2nd Edition up to Baldur's Gate 3, which is very much 5th Edition. So we'll talk about game design and planning and things like that while I die many, many, many times. <laughs> what? Never. <laughs> Believe in you. So one last time, Kat, thank you for joining us. Yes. My pleasure. Stay safe, everyone. And we will see you all again in two weeks. Happy gaming. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Undercommon Taste. Our theme song is Massacre Anne, written and performed by Mary Kroll and used with permission. You can find Mary online at marycroll.bandcamp.com or on Patreon at patreon.com slash drmarycroll. Our logo is by David Sutherland. You can find more of David's work on deviantart.com slash David Sutherland or on instagram.com slash willx underscore 73. We'll be back in two weeks, so stay safe, and we'll see you then.